All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you are having a wonderful morning, noon or night, wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is that you are punching in and checking out the Crypto 101 podcast, you're in the right place, all right? It's the absolute best time to be diving into crypto. When, when these markets are chaotic, uh, things are up, things are down, you kind of have to sift through the noise um, and just keep your heads down and just keep building. And I think building is is kind of the, the theme of this podcast episode today, because we're with a, a true builder, somebody who's seen bear markets and bull markets and has just kind of been his heads down, just building a very technical platform, a, a, a platform that many different protocols need, and they might not even know it yet. So we're going to dive into what Ganesh Swami the CEO and co-founder of Covalent is building. But first off, let's welcome him to the show. Ganesh, how are we doing, sir? Bryce, thank you for that amazing intro. Amen to whatever you said. Heads down, building, bear market, bull market. Let's keep building. That's the only way to get out of this funk. That so, is the uh, only, only way to get out of this funk. And Pizza Mind, you, you've seen a few bear markets in your day. Wouldn't you say that kind of just building and researching and kind of getting back to the basics is the best way out of this whole thing. A hundred percent, Bryce. And that's why I've got this really nice Lego collection that I've been working on. I can't code, but I can build Legos. And that's really what the basics of <laughs> building was. So, you know, I'm contributing in, in my own way, but yeah, I mean, and what builders in this space are doing is they have a vision greater than just creating some profits that they can use to quit their job or buy a house or a car. They're building literally the future of the internet and tools that are going to serve humanity, which is so much more important than money. Every single builder I talk to says, it's not about the money for me, it's about the tech, it's about freedom. And it's amazing that people who've never met each other from all different parts of the world just uniformly have this same mission in mind and are working like ants from different colonies to connect all the little underground tunnels together. And I'm just wondering, you know, Ganesh, where did you first hear of the term decentralization? And what was it that made you have like this aha moment and said, I need to dedicate my life to this movement right here? You know, this is a great question. And uh, in all honesty, I didn't really understand and appreciate the ethos of blockchains and decentralization and censorship resistant technology until a few years in after starting Covalent. I started Covalent because this is cool tech. You know, I'm a builder. I'm an engineer. I love tinkering with cool stuff. In fact, Covalent was built at the hackathon. I built it over a weekend just, just for kicks, right? And it's only a few years in when I started to see all of the challenges that we face in society when uh, you know the, the dots disconnected. It just clicked in my mind. Like This is the solution to a lot of the problems, a lot of the challenges that we have in society. So I would say it would have been around the 2019, 2020 kind of uh, time frame when, uh, when COVID was just about to start. Uh, uh, I was not happy with the answers given by our, uh, you know, overlords, uh, the politicians. They all have their own internal agenda. You don't know what's true, what is not true. You know, vaccination, what's happening there in politics is just such a crazy world out there. And that's when I realized that I, I need something. I need something that I can fall back to. I need uh, what is what is the real truth. 
and I can be uh, just be playing as a fiddle to to whatever these politicians have as their agenda. So that's my story on how I realized that this is crucial for a society to uh, hold itself together. You kind of realized uh, decentralization is, you know, kind of the antidote to, you know, the 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 concentration of power and power corrupting uh, when it's kind of centralized and in the hands of the few. And decentralization kind of is the you know the ethos of democracy. It kind of returns power back to the edges, the fringes, the people, right? And it's it's something that you know there's there's an interesting book that I read uh, a while ago. It's called The Starfish and the Spider. And uh, it's kind of all about, you know, just decentralized networks throughout history, whether it was, uh, you know, decentralized networks um, like, you know, Linux or the Apaches, right, who didn't have a centralized leader and their resilience over time, unable to be stopped because there's no kind of centralized point of attack. Um, It kind of lives regardless um, if one it's like the Hydra, right? There's all these different analogies. You cut off one head, seven heads grow in its place. Um, and so decentralization, yeah, it's a key component of crypto, and it's one that we often overlook, but it's really kind of key to, to what Covalent Network is doing. It's you know the world's first decentralized network that provides deep, granular, and historical blockchain data. And you guys use proof-based protocols. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what you guys are trying to accomplish at Covalent. It's a great, great question. So there's really two things that are going on with Covalent. First is the unified API. And, you know, this is something we've been building for years, right? So this is how you pull out uh, balances and positions and historical granular transaction data uh, from, I believe, there are 40 blockchains that are supported uh, today. Just yesterday, we announced uh, Aurora support, but there's a lot coming down the pipe. I mean, this world is super vibrant. And this, this API is you know, a very successful product in the in the market. Uh, there's 25,000 developers. There's uh, thousands of applications, all best in breed applications like wallet applications, NFT galleries, taxation tools, investor tools, all kinds of things that are being built using this API. So it's really paradise for a builder. And uh, it's something that I've wanted. That's why I started uh, Covalent. And now, you know, I'm, uh, I'm so happy that there's uh, tens of thousands of developers uh, benefiting from this piece of technology, but that is the Covalent API. Now let's uh, take a step an back. API for some of our non-technical users. Can you give us great an question? Analogy? So an API stands for Application Programming Interface. So it's a machine-to-machine interface. So if you see a website and you have buttons and you have gadgets that a user can click, can select, can interact with, an API is an interface for another machine to interact with. So if I went to a tax solution or a wallet application, let's say MetaMask, I see a bunch of controls there. I can see buttons to submit a transaction, to view my historical records, to view my balances, to switch networks, all of these gadgets on MetaMask. But if I were to build a program like MetaMask, I will need an API that pars a lot of this functionality. So that is what we do. So there's no real UI, there's nothing to click or or interact with, but if you are a developer and you can write computer programs, then you can interact with the Covalent API to build essentially a clone of MetaMask. So that's really what an API does. So it's like um, a website for computers. 
a web set of computers or uh, Lego blocks that you assemble in whatever form factor that you want. That's awesome. So it's really like a bridge between all these blockchains to allow them to talk to each other, whereas before they were just isolated in their own little bubbles. So that's tremendous. You know, a really, really good unified API is a piece we've been missing in crypto um, really until you guys came along. And now there's a couple others out there that are really helping connect all of these different ecosystems to one giant network that is, you know, increasing decentralization by even another layer. So that's incredible. What else are you guys building over there at Covalent? I know you guys are doing even more than that. Yeah, absolutely. So we've built the API over the past couple of years. It's uh, it has its own team. It has its own go to market. Uh, there's you know tens of thousands of developers building and succeeding with the API. But taking a step back, let's understand what what crypto and Web three and all of these things have to offer. So a little bit of context here. If you look at Web one, Internet one point zero. This was this would have been in the late nineties. It wasn't very interactive, right? It was just things like GeoCities, things like Yahoo Pages. It didn't really have any personalization. It was just a static site. And uh, in fact, those search engines were built by hand, right? They were curated by hand because the internet was so small. Web 2.0 is where really these services started to personalize their services to the user. So this is uh, services like Reddit and Facebook and Twitter and, uh, and Google search that personalizes search results. Now, the challenge with Web 2.0 is that the data, the user data, is stored in proprietary databases behind clo- closed walls, right? It's a walled garden. And if you try to get access to that proprietary siloed database, they might just come after you and sue them. So there have been cases where you try to get that data behind LinkedIn. You try to scrape that data and LinkedIn sues you, right? So that's really the challenge. Those databases were built at an, in an era where openness and composability and connectivity were not the norms, right? So it's quite data technology. Web 3.0 is so interesting because the user data is actually on a public ledger. So now I can use MetaMask. I can use Rainbow Wallet. I can use XDeFi. I can use Frontier. It doesn't matter. There's multiple interfaces for that same user data because the user data is is on a blockchain. It's secured by a blockchain. And now blockchain data is is open. It's connected. You can interact with it. You can compose it, compose with the user data. So that's really, really interesting. And that is the era where Covalent, the decentralized network, aims to play. And and so what a lot of people, you know, they think, okay, we come to a crypto show, we expect that every single person that we're going to talk to has a crypto token, right? Some platforms do have crypto tokens, some don't. Um, So is Covalent a platform that kind of has a crypto token? Has it always had one? Will there be one in the future? So Covalent does have a token and the token is CQT, which stands for Covalent Query Token. So it's an ERC-20 asset that lives on Ethereum, and it's trading on a couple of exchanges like Kraken, for example. Crypto.com also lists the token. This token is is not a payment token. It has a very specific purpose. It's a governance and and a settlement token. So it's used to keep the supply and the demand side inside the covalent network just to keep balance and checks. So that's the entire purpose of the token. It's not like a stable coin that can be used for payments. It's not like ETH that can be used for gas. 
So this is specifically to tweak and govern the covalent network. Is, okay. Is it something like like an algorithmic process to, to keep the supply and demand in check? Or, or what does that really mean? So it's a, it's a governance token. What this means is that, let's say the covalent network so today it indexes about 40 blockchains. And then we want to understand what is the next blockchain we want to index. There's hundreds of these blockchains. Like how do we uh, prioritize what to index? So now the token holders can vote on a governance proposal and essentially show their opinion on what matters to the covalent network. So it's almost like we have uh, politicians who hold the token and their entire responsibility is to ensure the uh, sustained continuity of the covalent network. So that's really what the token is. It's a signal of what is important for the network from a from a sustainability, from a strategic uh, point. Okay, that makes sense. Is an API different than a blockchain bridge? I know we hear the term bridging tokens often these days. What are the main differences between an API and a bridge? Can you describe it for us? Sure. So the API is like an interface, right? So API is application programming interface. Bridge is a technology or a function a functionality of moving assets uh, from one blockchain to another. So these are entirely different things. The API, your bridge can expose an API. Right. So it's like uh, maybe the closest analogy is you have electricity and you have two kinds of socket types, the ones in Europe uh, and the ones here in North America. But the underlying electricity is the same. Right. So you're still uh, there's still like voltage, there's still current, there's all of these parameters, but you need to have the right interface in order to plug in your appliance. So I think this is how. It's, it's a weak analogy, but I think it uh, helps you understand that the underlying uh, motion or current is the same, but the interface could be different. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. When it comes to crypto, something we preach endlessly is keeping your assets secure. And in today's digital world, the same exact thing can be said about everything we access and share across the internet. So if you're looking for a safe way to send and receive any kind of digital data or information or really anything online, well, a great resource we've used is NordVPN. Uh, and here are a few reasons why NordVPN really stands out. So first of all, their next generation technology is used to secure top secret data, literally top secret, so much so that it's actually recommended by the NSA. And don't let that intimidate you because NordVPN is easy to use for anyone. You can connect with literally one click or enable auto connect for a zero click protection. And again, it's secure with, with more than 54 hundred servers across 60 countries. NordVPN is actually the fastest VPN out there. It's available on every major platform like Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV supports NordVPN. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash crypto 101 to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus free threat protection, plus one additional month for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So again, visit nordvpn.com slash crypto101 today and look for the coupon code crypto101 and it's automatically applied to your order.
I kind of am thinking about all the different projects like, you know, uh, Ethereum or Solana. Um, you know, what are they leveraging Covalent for? Great. So we are sister uh, projects to these base layer chains, right? So I think the best way to understand Covalent is to uh, think what's going to happen in 2025. So a couple of years from now, we're going to have hundreds of these blockchains. You listed uh, Ethereum and, and, and Solana. Uh, off the top of my head, I can list probably uh, three dozen blockchains that have actual transaction activity. Now, these blockchains, they don't really live in a silo in society, right? You still have regular people trying to use their regular tools and regular processes trying to interact with the blockchain system. It's not really... Uh, greenfield deployment. It's not really living in a silo. So this is the world where Covalent really thrives. So now you can connect uh, tools like Excel, tools like Tableau to read from blockchains using Covalent. In fact, that's where the word Covalent comes from because it comes from Covalent bonds in chemistry. So we're that binding agent between centralized systems and decentralized systems. So if you think about how technology gets adopted in an enterprise setting, these enterprises are not going to retrain their people. They're not going to retool. They're not going to change the processes just because they want the data from a essentially a, a data store. In their minds, it's a data store. It's just a more secure data store that happens to be a blockchain. But in their minds, it's not different from a Oracle database or a Microsoft uh, database. Uh, it's just another database. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recorded, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. In this world, covalent is that middleware. It's that connecting bridge where now this enterprise just like how they're reading their Oracle and their Microsoft databases, they can read from Polygon or Ethereum or Solana, but using the same interface. So that's that's the standardized element. Because someone who is doing uh, a risk analysis or a compliance analysis in Excel, they don't really they don't really care about these uh, these technical nuances between um, Polygon and Solana and, and Ethereum and and Arbitrum and Optimism. Like they just want the data because that's their job, right? So that's the world that uh, that Covalent uh, aims to fulfill. Do you see a shift at all in the kind of data that that people or that you know blockchains are are kind of requesting? A difference in the kind of data between a bull market and a bear market? Absolutely. You know, it's a great question you you ask here because when we started Covalent, there was no DeFi, there was no NFT, there was no GameFi, there's no uh, all these. Uh, Let's call them wildcard pie, right? There's what was like, everything is like. I think it was just. Uh, I would say it was just a, a promise of things that could be possible, right? It was. Uh, it was too early to say if it was an empty promise or if there's anything uh, real. So, I think every cycle there is uh, new use cases. So back in the 2016, 2017 era, it was ICOs. So the kind of things that people care about is. You know, how many investors have invested in this ICO? How much money is remaining in the treasury? Uh, those kinds of, you know, investment-related questions. In the 2019, 2020, 2021 uh, kind of market cycle, uh, the kinds of questions is DeFi. How much is, uh, of how much collateral is there? You know, who, what does the lending book look like? What are the risk factors? Uh, if it's like a money exchange, what is the, you know, interest rates? And then with NFTs, it's about, you know, how many token holders are there? Uh, how many, what is the concentration? Like who is flipping these tokens? What is the average floor price for these uh, collections? Uh, recommendation engines. Okay. I have these sets of NFTs. What other NFTs should I get? Uh, what marketplaces are these NFTs trading? And then with, uh, with GameFi, it's just like regular rep two stuff, right? Like how many active users do I have? How much revenue am I making per user? What is the average retention of these things? What are the biggest channels that these players are coming in from? The most successful players, what are they interacting with? And how often do they come back? And so on, right? So every cycle, it's uh, it doesn't really matter. It's like uh, uh, another analogy I like to say is that Covalent just gives you tomato sauce and some pasta and whether you make lasagna or something else is totally up to the developer, right? So we just give you the, the building blocks going back to that Lego example. So 
so it changes cycle to cycle. And uh, I think we're agnostic to the use case. We're not like a DeFi tool. We're not like an NFT tool. We're not like a GameFi tool. We're not like a social finance tool. We're not like, we're just a data infrastructure, right? We're, we're an indexed bet on all of the use cases that are possible uh, on blockchains. Without having to pull up a bunch of specific research, is there any one blockchain that sticks out in your mind as you just look at the data from day to day and say, wow, this is really flying under the radar. There's a bunch of activity going on over here. There's a lot of new development, but not a lot of hype yet. Is there anything that you know might surprise us in the future that you can give us a, a quick uh, heads up about? I would say I'm very bullish about the Aurora chain. It's something that we just indexed yesterday. So Aurora is an EVM extension to the near blockchain. So there's a lot of very interesting activity that's going on there. I'm also very specifically interested in, in new chains that are at the intersection of two communities. And sometimes they're overlooked by both communities. So an example here is Evmos. Evmos is an EVM chain that sits on Cosmos. So that's an interaction intersection between Ethereum and Cosmos. Uh, same thing with Moonbeam. Moonbeam is an example where it's an EVM chain on Polkadot. So that's sitting at the intersection between Ethereum and Polkadot. So those are the kinds of chains that are uh, that I think are kind of like flying by the under the radar. It's still early days because Evmos just launched, you know, a couple of couple of weeks ago. Uh, Aurora just launched a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Moonbeam just had their mainnet launch in. in January or February of this year. It's still early to say, but I, I definitely keep my eyes on on these these uh, intersection between communities. Yeah, and that's a great way as a developer that you can immediately scale the transaction throughput of your project if it was built on Ethereum. Do you think after the eventual ETH 2.0 merge comes out that these layer twos and these, I guess, bridge chains or whatever you want to call them are still going to be around or is this just a temporary stopgap, a Band-Aid, if you will? Or is there really some staying power to run an Ethereum app on Cosmos or Polkadot or Near, et cetera? I think they have staying power. The world is very diverse. And uh, there are lots of use cases that require a diverse set of applications, right? So in the database world, which is where my experience comes from, there's literally 700 databases out there. So there's a website that tracks most of these web uh, databases. It's called dbdb.io. So it's a database of databases. And it has 700 entries on there. So people are diverse. Use cases are diverse. And I think we're going to see the same thing with blockchains, right? So with my by my estimate, by in the next couple of years, there'll be at least at least 1,000 blockchains uh, up and running because people have a diverse set of use cases. What would you say is, and I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, but let's call it your favorite on-chain indicator uh, or one, Aaron, maybe an indicator that, that is most telling of market directionality? Uh, great question. I would say the number of contracts deployed mm. is a great indication of what's happening with developer activity. So uh, this is at least. I would say three to six months ahead of a market cycle. And if you see an uptake of contracts being deployed, new contracts being deployed on a blockchain, then it means that more and more and more use cases are coming onto the blockchain and uh, it's, it's ripe for ripping. 
I love that. That's a, that's a great leading indicator. Uh, three to six months in advance, set your guys' alerts uh, on the COVID. Is that something that you could track on the covalent platform? Like, uh, you know, a user yeah, listening, they could go home. Talk, talk, to, talk to us about how we can set something up like that. It's still a developer tool. We have a, a UI coming up uh, in the next couple of uh, weeks where we're, we'll help uh, track these metrics. But I would say that's like, a, it's never, never uh, let me down. Like I've been through two cycles now. And this particular metric has never let me down. Mm. And uh, I saw this tick up in uh, in the in 2019, and I was pretty delusion- disillusioned because I'd spent a couple of years building Cobalion with no traction. And I uh, sat down and uh, started crunching numbers and figured out that this is the only metric that matters. Our build is deploying new stuff on our chain, and if they are, then all you have to do is be patient. Because these uh, these these new protocols take one or two cycles to to improve, and uh, once the utility is there, then it'll attract retail, it'll attract true dollars, it'll attract all kinds of really fun stuff. Build it, and they will come. <laughs> Very famous quote uh, from Field of Dreams. But anyhow, uh, so let's talk NFTs. So we we spend a lot of time talking about technical infrastructure. Um, you know, DeFi use cases. Let's talk a little bit about NFTs. Do you, did you buy into the hype? Uh, do you think NFTs are here to stay? And in what form or fashion do you think they are? So I keep flip-flopping on this answer on how I think about NFTs. And I think NFTs are here to stay, right? The excellent piece of infrastructure, excellent piece of technology. But NFTs in their current form, I think is just a fad. That's just my personal opinion. How many 10,000 face profile pictures do you need, right? I think uh, it's just not, there's not... Nothing more to it than just these little uh, little JPEGs. Literally, I have right-click save on my T-shirt, so it's really it's really that that uh, <laughs> I noticed. You know, it's, 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 it's it's a real fact. That's all it is, right? There's nothing more to it than uh, just these uh, these fun little things. But let's uh, there's always a, a plus and a minus to every statement here, right? So the plus is that this is the first platform that digitally native artists have to express their art. So, so far, it's always been Photoshop or something, and then you email it or you print it out or you you do some analog process to that digital art, which is not quite digitally native, right? So if you're a digital artist, if you're a a millennial and you have all of the digitally native ways to express your creativity, I think NFTs is the first thing uh, that comes to mind, right? So it's really exciting. And this is why Photoshop has added this NFT plugin, right? So you can directly... Uh, publish your art as an NFT and then put it on OpenSea and things uh, things like that. So that's super exciting. So, you know, that's a, that's a bull case for NFTs in its current form. The bear case, you know, I said, I'm not, I'm not very bullish. Like this is uh, of limited utility. Now, the NFTs as infrastructure is super interesting. So what is an NFT? And an NFT is a, is a representation of something unique about a position, something, something that's unique. And like every NFT is, is completely unique. So if you think of the regular world of uh, B2B finance, let's take your accounts receivable. So accounts receivable is that you've sent out an invoice to a vendor or uh, to a partner, and you are waiting on that uh, invoice to get fulfilled, right? For them to send in the payments. So now the parameters of that invoice or of that accounts receivable can be minted as an NFT. And once you mint that NFT, 
then you can have the full infrastructure of finance behind it. You can compose it. You can wrap it. You can fork it. You can put it down as a collateral. You can do all kinds of things that was before was just, just never possible before. So today, even though we have digital equivalents of these invoices, they're still analog processes, right? You still see there's a roll number, a sequential number. There's no digital certificate. There's no uh, proof of authenticity. There's none of that digital, digitally native uh, pieces in here. So now if you can tokenize your accounts receivable or you can tokenize your accounts payable and you can uh, put it down as a collateral, you can you know, do all of the things that's fun with, uh, with crypto and blockchains and you still have the security, now that opens up an array of use cases that's never seen before. So I'm super bullish on NFTs as an infrastructure. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, you're saying something just even before the NFT question that I wanted to follow up on. You mentioned you were building in the last bear market and you saw no traction for like two years. What was it that allowed you to stay focused? And can you give all of our listeners some words of advice just on focus itself as everyone's feeling the pressure? There's a little bit of doubts creeping into everyone's mind, even though everyone you know, still really believes this is the future. What's the best you know way Aside just from, you know, being heads down coding, which not a lot of people can do, how did you stay focused and give us some advice on, you know, how to separate uh, the noise from the signal? Two things I can really say uh, about this, right? And uh, I think the scars from that bear market still haven't healed. So I still have them. So, you know, happy to share any insight there. First is is a quote by uh, Jeff Bezos, who's the founder of Amazon. And he said, Focus on the things that don't change. Don't focus too much on the things that are going to change, right? Things things that don't change. For example, what are things uh, that never change? Uh, people want tasty food. People want fast service. People want, um, you know, um, faster internet, faster streaming uh, speeds. Um, people want to uh, want things to be cheaper. Things like that. So, with the case of Covalent in an enterprise setting. Uh, people don't want to retrain themselves. They don't want to change the processes. There's there's always uh, inertia with existing investments, right? So focus on those things. So the the underlying technology that we have at Covalent is a language called SQL. And SQL has the Lindy effect. It's been around for 40 plus years. It'll be here for the next 40 year plus years. So we focus on that as the foundation of our, of our tech. That's never going to change. So it's just a matter of market timing, right? The second thing is these investments are great, but the biggest investment you can make is the investment in yourself. And so if you're having fun and if, you're, uh, if your life is getting enriched, if you're working with people you truly love and respect, then that is the, the, the most fulfilled life you can live. So I was so grateful, so, so uh, lucky uh, that I had a team that uh, really appreciated the the problem that we were solving. They never really checked token prices. They never really were. They were never. Uh, you know, their mood. They don't have mood swings depending on what ETH price was, right? Uh, they were just like you know calm and and collected, and they came in and uh, built this tech alongside. And uh, there were the trenches with me. So I think these are the two things that uh, helped me keep myself uh, composed. But I'm not saying that this is uh, you know I'm like a I'm like a god man or something, right? Uh, I, in fact, wrote about this uh, a few years ago in The Defiant, where I had lost uh, trust. I had lost, uh, I was disillusioned with the space. And I took a month off to go 
to the Himalayas to understand what's going on. Should I continue? Because it's been two years and there's nothing. We didn't make a single dive, right? And there's no customers, there's nothing. And so that's when I realized that I should come back and look at the data. When I crunched the data, I figured out that we are just like, you know, four or five months uh, out from, from explosion, from DeFi summer. Uniswap was just deployed and you could see the number of exchanges uh, being deployed. You can see the transaction volume, you know, slowly growing. So it's always slowly and then suddenly. And so that's how I uh, was able to stay the course. Wow. I think uh, I think Pizza Mind and I could both use a trip to the Himalayas for a month to uh, decompress from the bull market of the past couple of years and uh, get in touch with our, our more spiritual side. Uh, but it, I'm glad that it, it, it brought you back to the data and it brought you back to, uh, you know, building, right. Cause, cause that's what it comes back to. You have to build the future that you want to be in. Right. And you have to say, you know, uh, all things considered, uh, you know, this is the future that we want. And if nobody else is going to build it, we got to stick to our guns and we got to keep doing it. So I think that's a great note to, uh, to end the podcast on, um, Ganesh, we had, we had a ton of fun, uh, you know, speaking to you, learning about Covalent and your thoughts on the market. Um, before we let you go, is there any any way that we could uh, get the community involved, uh, you know, point them to a couple of resources? Absolutely. So uh, just a word of thanks here. This is a, a pretty fluid, pretty chill kind of podcast. You know, it's just <laughs> uh, uh, the three of us jamming. So thank you for, for this platform here. You bet. Uh, if you want to follow uh, Covalent, go to our website, covalenthq.com. Uh, on Twitter, we are covalent underscore uh, HQ. Uh, we're on Twitter, Telegram, uh, all the usual social media things. Take a look at our API. It's a free resource. Take a look at our Alchemist program, which is a community program. It's a growth and leadership program. And uh, the Covalent Network is now live as of three weeks ago. So if you have CQT, you can go and stake uh, CQT to uh, participate in, in this in this new future that we're envisioning. Other than that, you know, I respond to most DMs. My DMs are open. Generally, our team is pretty approachable. Beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Amazing stuff. Uh, we appreciate all the time you were able to spend with us. And Ganesh, we'll bring you back on again, maybe the Digital Currency Summit, maybe another podcast here in the near future. But everyone at home listening, uh, stay tuned. You know, we got some more guests coming up later this week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.